Hey guys, it is Wednesday, August 28th. Today on the podcast, I have a couple awesome guests. The Cyberco twins join me to discuss tech, crypto, and kind of explain everything that they're doing in the space. And it's, it's an awesome conversation. They compete worldwide in hackathons. They're very brilliant. They're boots on the ground in terms of the tech industry, in terms of the blockchain industry. We had a great conversation. You guys are going to love it. Apologize ahead of time for the audio. I had to record the intro on my phone, but the, the episode itself, the audio is great. As always, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and share this episode with someone that you think would love to learn more about blockchain, crypto, the entire industry in general. All right, enjoy. This is the Blockhash Podcast. Okay, cool. So let's um, hear a little bit about your guys' like backstory. How did you guys get into uh, tech and crypto and get to the point where you guys are at now? Yeah, so like I said, my name is America. This and is Penelope. And uh, we're five minutes apart, if people are wondering. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, actually, it was my sister who introduced me to technology um who was it that uh that was it was professor castellet when i took robotics and she told me as i was struggling to learn robotics or coding she told me to go to meetup and i told my sister about meetup but it, she took it the wrong way yeah it I, like again like i'm not familiar i wasn't as familiar with technology back then so i thought it was a, a dating website so mm-hmm. i thought she wanted to go to double dating and i'm just like this is a little weird um, <laughs> So I went with her to this meetup that that I thought it was a workshop, but it wasn't a workshop. It was a hackathon. And we liked it pretty much. We stayed for 24 hours. Of course, our mom um, was worried. So uh, she called us on Skippy, which is like Spanglish for Skype. Mm. And uh, she's just wondering where we're at. And I'm letting her know that we're coding. And she thought we were clubbing because the DJ at that hackathon was keeping us up. So she thought we were <laughs> coding, not coding. And, you know, we were showing her around and she sees like lots of guys, pizza and, and computers. She thinks we're at a computer cafe. And we're just like, no, it's a tech competition. We're learning how to make an app. And it's like, do you know how to make one? We're learning how, because again, we were such noobs. We didn't know we had Xcode in our MacBook. Uh, so we we're like learning as we go. And we were able to like create an app where, because uh, we we met a uh, somebody who worked at Disney before, and he was interviewing people that they didn't know how to draw like correctly, like they didn't know how to draw circles and all these other shapes. So we we made a an app that just helped people learn how to draw so they can get hired at Disney. So I, it was just really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was called like Creative Studio. It was like eight. But yeah, creative space. Yeah, creative space. Yeah, but um, yeah, we kept we uh, we kept going to different hackathons ever since. Even though we're completely new to these emerging technology, like we didn't have a clue. But we when we were there, we had access to resources, mentors, and our ideas were wild. So we went at it. Yeah, again, like we used to spend every weekend playing soccer. So now it's you know, changed up to like, oh, we're, we're going to a tech competition. Yeah. It's still sports. Esports. Yeah. Esports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is esports. Esports is getting really big, actually. I'm really happy about that because video games is like, they make more money than movies. So it's really good to actually see actors also portraying characters. I'm kind of like excited about Canoe Reeves. 
I think um, I was looking at something the other day uh, where Fortnite, like the top prize was like $3 million or something. And it was ahead of like Wimbledon and um, some of these races. Like um, That's just, an actual World Cup. Like it's not just America. Yeah. Like, or Canada, or Canada, or Mexico. It's just it's it's an actual World Cup. You have people from Argentina. You have, it was just beautiful. Uh, I think it was a mistake to have a Crypto Kids workshop during the same weekend as the Fortnite World Fortnite Cup. World Cup. It was really hard for the kids to concentrate, but at least they got things done. <laughs> but you know, they were like yelling like every uh, every hour, like who was making it. <laughs> just like. <laughs> yeah, they're getting so big. Like I, I didn't even I didn't really grow up and like see that kind of stuff until like, like five, six years ago. Um, I'm most, my life has been based around sports, like heavily around sports and everything. So I can't really picture um, the gaming industry, like surpassing it in terms of revenue and audience and share of like the whole entertainment pie and everything. But I mean, it's really starting to pick up and it just kind of turns your head a little bit. And you're like, wow, I've been, my entire life I've been told like not to play video games and go outside. But if I started playing video games, maybe I would have been competitive. Who knows? There's gotta be a lot of kids out there that feel like that. What's really interesting is, you know, like, you know, blockchain is like known for its more gambling aspects Mm -hmm. for its application. But it's really interesting that Las Vegas is building esports arenas. Like Mm -hmm. that's what they're concentrating on. Cause they're like, well, these millennials are not as gambling as much, but they love esports, so they're building arenas just for that. Yeah, well, I mean, they got to go wherever the market is, right? Mm-hmm. I've actually never been to a hackathon, so is it usually like always as lively as you say it is, or is it, or do they kind of like differ? Depending uh, on the hackathons. Yeah, depending who are the organizers. So I love the ones that are like, well, AT and T doesn't do them anymore, but mm-hmm. you know, in a way, they kind of uh, incentivize developers to come because they have like really cool swag swag and uh-huh. musicians you're gonna play <laughs> at the end of the hackathon was it billy idol it was billy idol yeah man i always wanted to see him um it was another one uh another one was like the tech crunch uh, hackathon to me it was just access to resources with the news new hardware yeah i was like really into uh, iot back then so to me it was just meeting other developers that we're into it. I think, uh, what, what did the we mo- create? The, what, about the, what about Oh, the yeah, it was called, yeah, yeah, wait up, wait up. So Corgi. So so at that TechCrunch one, we made a Corgi um, assistant. So basically how that worked was we had a steering wheel. Uh, you just put it around the steering wheel. Ford didn't have and if And if you, yeah, for, and we were supposed to like hack into this Ford car and it was just connected to this Ford machine. Mm-hmm. And their developers are like trying to figure out like how can it work with our app, and we stayed up all night. Uh, it worked at three o'clock. You know, things magic hour something works or doesn't work. And what was it called? Smart steering wheel cover. Yes, and Smart. basically was what the steering wheel cover did was if you were stressed and you were like grabbing onto the steering wheel really tight, the the corgi uh, and assistant in the car would calm you down. Or play games oh, with you, so it was kind of a way to like help manage road rage. <laughs> <laughs> they liked it a lot. That was the first time I pitched up that like we didn't, uh, tech make crunch. A, we didn't really have to make a smart car. We just had to make a smart cover to, yeah. to make the car smart. Yeah, it can make your car smart. You know, it was just a way to just manage. That's interesting. Is it like just an yeah. overlay or? 
Yeah, it was just an overlay. Uh, somebody from Parasonic. I just gave him all the. I just gave him all the all the how to make it everything because he he we was part of source it. We open source a lot of the things, not on GitHub because I wasn't a big fan of GitHub back then. Um, so I just gave him all the materials and let him go at it because he's he had a lot of uh, experience getting things to market. We just start and then let someone uh, take over. That's interesting. I think everyone I know uses GitHub. Do you guys use something else or do you guys use it as well? It's like, to me, it was just like, I was, I, I was concerned, um, the data of developers, mm-hmm. how people were using it as a, as a resume for, uh, you know, if you're ah, a good developer that. or not. And so I was like trying all their alternatives um to make sure that you know i was to me competition is good so to me i was more interested in in uh the other resources and second like it's really weird sharing github links and your face <laughs> shows up i'm just like every github i say like, i just want to show like the project logo you know does it, to me it's, it doesn't seem professional enough i know a lot of people use github but that's my only uh pet peeve, pet peeve and i'm just like do you have okay, to submit a photo of yourself that. No, you don't have to submit a photo yourself. It's it's like okay. either you get the default or or like it shows the profile picture, and you, so you know, don't get you, yeah. You so it doesn't let you be like anonymous or anything. No, oh well, yeah, it, yeah, it allows you, but it, to me, it was just I just wanted to sh- share the project logo. You know, keep branding consistent. So I used other alternatives to keep oh, the branding okay. consistent. Gotcha. Now a lot of this stuff I feel like a noob because it really goes over my head, <laughs> um, but. I, no, these hackathons are really interesting. Yeah. We used to have them at uh, one of my colleges at um, at Harvey Mudd um, back in the day. Well, was it was it part of Major League Hacking? I'm honestly not sure. I wish I knew the answer, but I mean, it was a big deal. Like they had them like every couple months or so. Hmm, okay. I know you guys kind of gave an example, but what do you guys do at a hackathon exactly? Is it like based around like something specific that you guys like try to like? hack into or is it like how does it work well so there's, so there's probably like two different hackathons you know people are what people normally think of is like the like the the flag hackathons which is kind of like you're supposed to like be crashing into someone's servers and stuff that's not the hackathons we typically focus on we focus more on like they should really just call them like maker maker mm-hmm. hacks or something you're trying to make something within 24 hours and hope it works and present it to okay. judges at the end <laughs> And, see, and, yeah. and the other time, it's just the challenges they have as these hackathons or what kind of themes they have as these hackathons. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's good because uh, some of the prizes they have, it's like certain themes or certain bounties they just want completed. Like it's like, oh, if you found a bug in our API, um, we'll give you 500 bucks to Amazon. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I know you guys have competed a lot. Where have you guys competed at? Internationally? Uh, internationally. internationally <laughs> well, uh, 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 Beijing, uh, Barcelona. Uh, Toronto. Uh, <laughs> we actually had to travel far from LA to go to these hackathons because there wasn't there wasn't many in LA. Yeah, there wasn't many in LA, and and you know usually we were riding on our motorcycle back then to like meet to come to many of the mm-hmm. hackathons in Santa Monica. But then a lot of them were happening in Vegas, so we're like, okay, we're taking like the bolt bus and mega bus. Like mega bus. Yeah. Why aren't there as many in LA? Well, uh, that's that's what it was back then. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, but now, now, now it's like now they see many developers. Yeah, now it's like New York and Toronto. <laughs> did you guys have like a favorite hackathon that you guys did? 
Oh, my favorite one was Crypto Chicks. Uh, th that was amazing. I was like, 100 women blockchain developers, we're going to be there. <laughs> we flew out there from Puerto Rico. We're just like, we're not going to miss this. No, that sounds fun. What did you guys do there? What we do there? Uh, well, I was like really interested in talking with many of the ladies. Uh, we also got a chance. Um, uh, I think it's just the lady. She's like currently organizing the futures. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, since we're kind of on the topic of crypto, what are you guys' thoughts on Bitcoin? I know it's had a pretty good uh, morning this morning to start the week. And I mean, there's a lot of obviously crazy stuff going on. It's had a good start to the year. What are you guys' mm -hmm. thoughts on it? For some that haven't mm -hmm. experienced financial stability in a decade. So to them to see like this type of technology, I mean, well, to see money like that to do so well after 10 years and then compare it to their country's currency it's kind of like is this the store value that they should be having a closer look to uh, and then like other people now they're looking at you know at bitcoin only because of what facebook's doing with uh, libra and what's interesting about libra is that libra connections to the bank of england is that what's so special about that is that Normally, anybody that wants to do whole, you know, put their storage into like the Bank of England, the only one who could do that was the commercial banks. So for Libra to do have that access to commercial that was only limited to commercial banks is is uh, more accessibility. But I don't know if you've seen that movie called the The Great Hack. The Great Hack. Have you seen it yet? I, I haven't. Who? Um, what, what's about? Uh, so basically, it, it's like. Focus on uh, the data points on ba basically how Facebook had all this data that Cambridge Analytica was able to use and get at least 5,000 data points on every American that could vote. And it focused on a person, her name was Brittany Kaiser, who later uh, was interviewed by like Mueller and by. Uh, 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 people that were also trying to hold Cambridge Analytica accountable and you know because there was an American who wanted to get his data from Cambridge Analytica and he fought a year to get that data back so for some people you know they look at the Cambridge Analytica case and they're like well can we really trust them with money if we can't even trust them with our data and but for some other for some other people like you know you have 2.3 billion people on that platform and they have the chance to bring financial stability again like this is not like this is more of a stable coin mm -hmm. but what really scared the united states was that it was not pegged to the us dollar it was pegged to other fiat so other assets other assets so in a way it's like Destroying the dollar. And not, in, in, right? I would say lessen the influence. I'm not going to say lessen the influence of the dollar. So to me, it was just you have all these partners like Uber, Visa, and you have like partners like the Bank of England uh, that only like, again, like limited their access to commercial banks coming on board. Uh, to me, it's like it's like the next revolution of money. And, and for some people who might not understand Bitcoin, now they're interested in Bitcoin because of what Libra's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I no Libra's really interesting. Like I found it really fascinating when they were 
um, in Congress in those two congressional hearings, um, what, like a week ago, two weeks ago. And I thought that they, most of the congressmen, women would be kind of clueless when it came to like blockchain and Bitcoin uh, still just because it's so early. And the last time it was brought up, they didn't really seem to know much about it, but they asked a lot of interesting questions that made it sound like they were pretty educated on it. Like they're asking why Libra wasn't built on top of Ethereum. They're asking why Libra would be a better alternative to something like Bitcoin or why Bitcoin, why it differs from Bitcoin and why we don't just use something that's decentralized. They asked like a lot of really interesting questions that I thought they weren't very educated on. So it it's interesting. I'm trying to figure out if the government is just kind of like out against tech companies right now, like Facebook, because of all the, like the whole Cambridge Analytica thing or because of um, stealing and profiting off of personal information from individuals or if they like crypto now or if they're just um, trying to fight back. Like I'm just trying to figure out like that whole like scenario. It's been really interesting to kind of watch. I just feel like Coin Center has done a good job on helping educate the people of Washington about what's going on in the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's been a lot better education around crypto that's come out for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just hoping that the regulation uh, or innovators incre- and, um, increases to improve because uh, I would say like just the regulation alone has, you know, I, the way I looked at it is like America's like three to five years behind other countries in the regulation of, of blockchain mm-hmm. and, and using this type of technologies. Because uh, I had to leave the States for a couple years back, I think uh, 2016. I left to Eastern Europe uh, to ha- have a chance to explore with these technologies because I was sweating bullets. I couldn't sleep because um, I was so worried of what Amer- of, of basically what the American regulators would think of this technology. So I was basically like learning how to use many different tools, um, helping many different people with their projects in Eastern Europe from Denmark to Belarus. Uh, and um, yeah, this was in 2016. And what's funny was, was uh, I think in like, what was it, was it 2015 or, or yeah. when was that hackathon in Vegas? Money 2020, when you met Money 2020, talent. yeah. Money 2020, that's, so basically that hackathon, Money 2020, uh, it was a Visa hackathon. And fintech. it was a fintech hackathon. And you know what? I met the guy who created OpenSea there. Oh, uh, Devin Finzer and Yeah, yeah, we hacked together at at that hackathon. Nice. Yeah, he's awesome. And I'm, I'm, yeah, and uh I'm so grateful for him because I was uh particularly focused on the on the prize for the, to win a VR headset oh. because me and my sister had to complete a project that we were to submit to the White House back then it was Obama administration. And we didn't have a VR headset, so it would have been hard to um, finish the project. Finish the project, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so at that hackathon, we created the Elf, um, the Elf bot. Basically, what that did was using the data from Facebook. Was it <laughs> data from Facebook, social graph, uh, <laughs> and uh, the Synchrony Financial API, which is basically like a whitelist of credit cards, mm-hmm. but like any company can can use that, and. And I didn't know much Python back then, so Devin did a lot of that because um, he's like, Python flags is how you run it, and he was very incredibly helpful. And I remember like me and my buddy um, also were explaining him about blockchain and stuff. It's like about NFTs and 
I'm so happy he's in the space too. I I remember a lot of the skepticism. Sorry, skepticism. <laughs> right. Uh, English, yeah. And uh, dude, we met Vitalik back then. Really? He was wearing an Ethereum shirt. I did not believe he was the founder of Ethereum because everybody was saying they were founder of Ethereum back mm-hmm. then. And he was wearing an actual Ethereum shirt. If you go to my Facebook page, uh, America, uh, or you would see me with my picture with Vitalik. That's the same one we took with him uh, at that hackathon. So that was in 2016. Again, I didn't like believe him, but yeah, duh. I felt so dumb. <laughs> That's dumb, just new. It was so new, but yeah, it was uh, really interesting. I, I was so happy that he's working on OpenSea now. Yeah, he's a great guy. I had him on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, we talked a ton about what OpenSea is doing and kind of like the future that he sees OpenSea paving and like what direction he sees them going and like all this, all the little stuff that they're working on. He's fantastic. Really enjoyed that conversation with him. And um they're doing a lot of great stuff, especially for like NFTs and whatnot and collectibles and digital art. Like that's, that's not blowing up like crazy. They should focus more more where the live streaming platforms are at, you know, like build a Twitch extension with OpenSea or with Mixer. Um, They're just growing at an abnormal Mm -hmm. rate. And uh, there's only like, I think there's only like 300 extensions. Think of it as like the app store. It's like so early uh, and people don't even know it like exists yet. So it's That's just, interesting. How would an like OpenSea extension work for something like Twitch? For something like Twitch, so you can like you can have like a real time marketplace on the Twitch live stream that is towards that creator. They even have a hackathon prize. Oh, for that. interesting. What are you talking? About? Oh yeah, there is a Twitch extension. Um, they opened it up, hackathon opened up a couple days ago. Uh, opened a few days ago, and it's lasting till I guess. Oh, well, we are planning to go to TwitchCon, um, but I think they're also having Twitch DevCon the week after. But I don't know if it's still in San Diego. But we'll yeah, that's 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 what I would. Yeah, you got do. Yeah, yeah, you guys should do that at your, one of your next hackathons. Create a little, um, create a way for you to like display your OpenSea like NFTs and stuff through Twitch or like put the marketplace on there or your profile. Like that'd be really cool. That would get me on Twitch a lot more. Like it's just it's not my. Yeah, definitely. Like it, it has to stop being these complete silos. Just. Put them where the kids are at. I'm sorry, like why the kids blockchain gaming? They're like, what is that? You know, so just just put it where like they're watching Ninja or well now he's on Mixer, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's not he's not no more. But I like the competition now because that means you got to get better. Yeah, because uh, it was just weird because before it, it took content creators 90 days to receive um, monetary uh, payments payments, and now it's like 30 days. But yeah, there had to Still be pressure coming enough. somewhere. Still not fast enough. No, it's not fast enough. Why that takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the age of crypto, you should be able to get your payouts daily if if you're honestly earning that much. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I know. But we were at the Twitch headquarters that's, talking about crypto. Yeah, stuff. we we had it. We had we sat down with Twitch with their developers, and they're just like we told their them. legal department saying no, yes, no, and I'm like, dude, you guys accepted this extension that does crypto and you're telling me we can't like what are you guys talking about oh they're part of the ubisoft accelerator i like them a lot i really mm-hmm. do um i just i just think uh there's different layers <laughs> yeah i think much, a lot more people got it. That's it. yeah i think that i think the twitch extension is called azurus mm-hmm. so um i really like the ui of their extension so it's very interesting the Revolution of Very how blockchain crypto UI looks like. It doesn't have to be from an app. It can actually be an extension mm-hmm. to a live streaming platform. 
Yeah, I think once some of these dApps really kick off, you might see more of them on Twitch. Like I plan on at least streaming some of them because they just look like a lot of fun. Like, do, have you guys checked out like Cheese Wizards and? I forget to stream on Mixer too. Eh? Cheese Wizards, Prospectors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, our first Ethereum kitty is a flat earther, and uh, <laughs> I can't believe it. And she and it likes Mar- Mariah Carey, so yeah, it has good taste. And then one is flat earther. How did I get a flat earth kitty? You know, like okay. I know that's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, that's our first kitty. So I, I, I totally remember that. I've actually never owned a crypto kitty. I think I own like a ton of other things, but I've never owned a crypto kitty. Like I totally like just skipped that whole part of it. Totally my mistake, but like, I don't know. I didn't see the value in like a crypto kitty until like collectibles really started like shaping up. It's just, it's really weird market. For, for some of my friends, like Dodger fans, Dodger fans, I told them, please go to the Dodger game. And, and then uh, collect those, collect those bobbleheads. Yeah. Collect whoever throws that, um, blockchain card on the ground you pick it up you better pick it up and uh yeah they got a couple dozen and they were able to sell it like at a really great rate after uh, but they had no Dodger went they had no idea place. how to use blockchain so it was just like going little step by step on how how do you sell this and uh they like it they're like oh this is pretty pretty cool you know normally like you go online and put it on ebay and <laughs> i just skipped all that process you know yeah, now you can prove that it actually is. It's really cool. Have you guys checked out um, Decentraland or Crypto Voxels? Decentraland. I I was like interested in High Fidelity uh, beforehand, but I haven't heard much from them. I don't know if they shut down or they let loose their employees, but I was very interested in like building uh, VR worlds. Are, have you used VR chat? before i actually have not because i'm I, you know everyone yells at me and tells me that i need to get vr chat because i'm always missing out um because uh, the community that i engage with a lot and some of these like metaverses like on discord and everything so the whole communities get together they're always telling me to get vr chat but my pc is just not set up for that um i, I have some mining rigs that could that could do it but like they're not set up to do that and then i don't have a mm-hmm. quest yet I still need to buy a quest, but I can't buy one anywhere. So I'm kind of like locked out of VR. No, I still have I still have the VR headset that we won at that Vegas hackathon with Devin. So like, uh, I've, I'm using an older one. Um, I don't I don't have an Oculus Quest. Which one do you um, use? I think that's still on waitlist. Uh, are we use the HTC Vive? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I heard that one's pretty good yeah. too. I have the Go, but, it, but it's not featherless, so it's. I think there is a tetherless. Uh, there is a way to make a tetherless, but it's like three hundred dollars. Yeah. And I forgot it was some company from China. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep but, crossing yeah. my fingers and hopefully I get a quest soon. Those things I heard are amazing. They're definitely. Uh, they're definitely. I, I don't know how they made it possible to make it that cheap. I am. I'm pretty sure they're selling it at a loss. But I am so impressed with, with the experience I've, I've tried it before where if you get out of your zone, the cameras on the headset, um, turns on to let you see the surroundings. Mm-hmm. Other headsets don't do that. I'm just like, why did they have that in the first place? Um, yeah. So you wouldn't like accidentally, uh, you know, run, to- run into the wall or something. You'll see they're, like the camera turn on right away when you're too close. Options, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I love well, it. Oculus yeah. is kind of owned Definitely. by Facebook. So, I mean, one of the things I could be trying to do is push people into VR so that they can kind of capitalize on you being in there. Cause once they kind of like monopolize that environment or at least own 
I mean, there's a reason why I still stick to the HTC yeah. Vive is 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 that yeah the data the data. I'm just like oh, I don't know if I want to give the next ten years like to Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I use AltSpace all the time and it's really good and everything. But I mean, Facebook basically controls it and they're gonna make a ton of money off of it. So there's it's there's like a deficiency of like places you can go outside of like Facebook's network. Um, but that's what I kind of like about these metaverses, like. I know Decentraland's opening up to that. Oh, wait up. I, I forgot to mention, uh, what's the name of it? It's called the Acer Mixer, right? I think so. It, so it's like an AR, VR uh, headset by, uh, I think it was by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they sent us one. It was like $300. But the cool thing about that is that there's this open uh, source program. What's it called again? Revive? Re- Revive, which means that you can also play Oculus and HTC Vive games on that same headset so you're not see that's the way to go um yeah so that yeah we did that and you know that's the one by by that's the microsoft headset so so that's the one we we normally have that's the one that we normally have the kids play with um just to have them understand like you know you you don't you're not locked to one vendor right well that's a good thing about open source because some of these some of these things are yeah but they're like is this is this legit is this is this not gonna like break down your headset i'm just like yeah it's it worked on ours you know yeah Yeah, i'm worried about some overheating issues though like my oculus go gets like really hot like really really hot oh yeah i haven't tried that one it works really well but i mean like i've had some issues charging it i i remember when i was using like the samsung phones just like to clip them and leave them in the vr and then it just dies after 20 minutes but your phone is so hot yeah i i wouldn't put that much pressure on my phone yet i'm sure it'll get better and better but I don't know. I don't want to mess up my phone. That's kind of like my life extension right now. <laughs> okay, so people are gonna have a blockchain phone, a VR phone, and then their personal phone. Like, how many phones, guys? Is that- <laughs> well, are, are we gonna have all those phones, or are we gonna put them all in one? I want my modular phone. Mods make more sense. Oh, okay. How would you do a modular phone? Uh, so you ever heard of the Aurora project from Google? I- so that's the modular phones that they're focusing on but it's still like it's like it's you know if you wanted to switch out mm-hmm. cameras you could and you just clip it in that the phone was it with google or microsoft where you could like it was like super blocky i remember seeing it somewhere where you could like take pieces off off that phone and put other pieces on like attachments almost for like the camera um and like the screen and like other stuff and it was like uh very modular is, is that the one or is there a different one yeah it was like blocky um but like Google ended the project, but to me, it was, to me, like, it was really important because to me, uh, mods would probably make like phones last longer. You don't have to like replace the entire uh-huh. phone. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be, yeah. It'd be cool if I could just take my battery out and put a new battery in. Like, I don't, I don't understand the whole charging thing. I, I'd rather have a whole bunch of batteries. That's just me. Rechargeable batteries, a bunch of different ones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like to me, it's like, you know, drones went that way where you can like, well, some of the drones are modular. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went that way. We just replaced the parts, and then it's good as new. Um, but with the phones, I'm just like, okay, you know, I gotta get a new one. Yeah. Because isn't it kind of weird that you have to have like a portable charger that's like completely separate from your phone, and you have like a dongle for it and everything? Like, why wouldn't you just have like a char- like a battery that you could recharge, and like a couple of them, and then like pop them out of your phone and put in the new one? So that's what they did with the Qi. Uh, so it was like QI or something. So any phones that were like part of that, part of that, they could charge within that same vicinity. Mm-hmm. But any, any, but again, like it's like fragmented 
ecosystems. So it only works if they had that battery in their phone. So well, if, if they were like part of that partnership, they, they had it on their phone and you can charge like five phones at once. Um, if not, if it was something like iPhone, then it, it doesn't, you have to like get that, uh, uh, desk set and it's like, okay, here it works with the Apple watch and the phone. That's mm-hmm. it. But yeah, I just, could, could you make, could you make like a modular, like chi charging component that you could like switch out? I've seen, I've seen some hacks like that on, I don't know if you're, um, familiar with instructables or hackster.io, a little bit, but like people, they do a lot of DIY projects just to like not have that fragmentation in their house. Like to them it's like smart home means like not having these smart home battles with each other. Like, I just want them to talk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It, I think modular is kind of the future. I think a lot of people like customizing and making things unique, especially like their devices and everything. So, I mean, as they get smaller and they move from your hand to your ear to your wrist, I mean, I think they're still going to get modular in a lot of ways, whether it's hardware or software. So kind of excited to see where that goes and where people take it. Yeah. Like to me, wearable tech is, is, um, it didn't fly off as well as I thought, but the moment people were starting using Apple watches for like health reasons, it started clicking with more and more people. Now, now they have rings uh, that look definitely a lot more stylish than it was like a couple years ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, now it's really cool to see that. That actually kind of leads into one of the questions I want to ask about like where the future of tech is going. Are you familiar with Rakers well? Is Singularity AI, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I believe he had, uh, um, he was helping crypto chicks in their, in, in just their last hackathon uh, that just passed. Okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. He's got, um, I've, I've followed him for a long time. He actually spoke at uh, Pomona when I was down there for college, um, which was really cool getting to hear him like talk in person about some of this stuff and like where the, future's going from his vision where tech's going and how we're going to advance and things are going to change. Um, definitely fun to listen to. What do you guys think tech is going in the next 10, 20 years since you guys are kind of like boots on the ground in the industry, you guys are making things, you're hacking things, you're seeing it all um, far more than the average person. Where do you guys think tech's going in 10, 20 years? Uh, definitely in the side of medicine, like the way I look at it is like one size fits all, but now you can have like these nanobots deliver the medicine where it's needed. Like there's biogradable technology now. Like uh, it's definitely, you can definitely treat it a lot better. Um, You know, all these smart home devices, they can also be like your own personal doctor uh, where Alexa can, in a way can sense your mental health uh, at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't ima- I imagine just a few uh, in, you know, in a few years of like, of requiring services, if they hear you having a heart attack or so. Um, so to me, it's just like, you know, having that s- smart home assistant uh, also play in the role of like more health, better health. Cause the thing is like the average age in America, I think it's like around 55. So it's going to be like a lot more focused on, on well-being health and uh the second part i believe that will be changing by the end of this decade is um 
definitely a lot more responsible use of technologies, especially given the attention on Facebook on what they're doing with data. So we might, we might, we will have data rights by the end of this decade. That's what I believe. Um, and second, like the, you know, separation of, of state and money. So to me, it's like, that is, uh, or where a lot of the focus is happening at. So to me, it's like the, uh, better medicine and, uh, responsible use of technologies. Do you think blockchain yeah. will be mostly responsible for the, for protecting data? Yes. I, I believe that data sovereignty is, is, uh, Entirely needed at the moment, and more countries are understanding uh, that they need to be on top of this. Or, you know, it's to me, it's like the competition will help um, will help re- make the market realize that it's needed. Absolutely, definitely agree with you guys. I mean, I think that's where it's going to, and hopefully, those advancements definitely come in healthcare and definitely in a monetary sense as well. I mean, we got all kinds of crazy stuff going on, so. Hopefully, we see a lot of tech advancements in those industries early on. I, I was really interested in like vertical guard, vertical gardens at one point. Like to me, like you shouldn't be um, growing food in like the the typical way we've we always done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be like grown inside these facilities, much closer to the cities. Because about uh, how is it like a lot of cities right now are, are embracing vertical gardens vertical farming, um, Singapore, like they, uh, they used to import so much food like spinach and now they've constructed so much for, uh, uh, so many, uh, vertical farms that, you know, 30% of the agriculture is, 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 uh, it's local. And to me, like, you know, being able to impact that, those carbon, uh, goals is, is, is important. How do those vertical gardens work exactly? I, I've heard of them, but I mean, I'm just trying to picture that. So, so a, lot of the, a lot of the plants don't really need dirt. So a lot of them, there's like hydroponics mm. and they have the lights that are powered by renewable energy and they have it at a good temperature. So I, I also think in Arizona, they also do vertical farms. I can't remember. I think it's called Sky Farms mm-hmm. or such. Yeah, Sky Farms agriculture. Uh, so a lot of the chefs have started... Uh, Investing into agriculture those, tech, agri-tech, yeah. King cool. Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. Indiana and Puerto Rico. Yeah, what's going on in Indiana? What are you talking about? The bee farms. Oh, yeah, bee farms. Uh, yeah, I really like this. Uh, so basically, they made like their own bee energy unit uh, just to be able to count the bees because before you had to break the frames. Very invasive. Uh, break the frames was a very invasive way of counting bees. You had to break their frame, break uh-huh. the honey to count the bees you had to break the hives down and uh count them that way and obviously you can't count very well if they're all moving around so they had a way where they're using ai to count the bees and they made their own bee energy unit to see how big is the hive strong week and i loved it uh this it's actually called the bee company so it's it's like a pun on being a b corp but yeah it's b corp (laughs) the bee company yeah, the bee company. Uh, I can't remember the lady's name, uh, but we met her in Indiana. Very cool. I'll have to look that up. That sounds interesting. Like I, I've I can't imagine having like a human try and count bees. Like there's just so many of them. Like it's incredible that AI can do that in the first place. Yeah, but that's that's the. I mean, you know, farmers need a lot of help 
because you know the the bee colonies are are somewhat are collapsing, so, mm-hmm. so they need better innovation and in how they can re- help restore some of these populations, or at least know how can their farm be better pollinated. So it's really interesting, you know. Normally, you see like the cloud of you know different subscription service. Now they have a subscription service for how many bees. So it's just so interesting to see that. Yeah, yeah that's really interesting. Is there anything that you guys are doing, like events, projects, hackathons um, that you have coming up that you uh, want yes. to put out there? Yeah, so uh, we're helping with the Crypto Kids Camp. So the previous Crypto Kids Camp uh, gone very well. We had Spectrum TV also come out. Uh, they were surprised that it was happening in the neighborhood of Inglewood. And we had kids from Barcelona come to attend the workshop. A lot of these kids, you know. At the age of 13, you know, they have access to a blockchain wallet uh, before they have access to a, you know, a bank. A, a bank. So a lot of them, you know, they are very into gaming, but they understand, it's not, it's not a big jump away to understand cryptocurrency because they're already familiar with virtual currency. So to them, it's not, to them, it's like, oh, I can like carry this with me and sell it in somewhere else or, you know, or they can use it to improve, uh, situation because i'm like you should be not asking an allowance from your parents you guys should be getting an allowance from the blockchain like you guys should be uh using these services you know what what does instagram give you likes you know on on this application you get cents or or such yeah awesome yeah cool yeah thanks for coming on guys like i really appreciate it um great great talk great conversation there's a lot of cool stuff in there i think a lot of people will enjoy hearing about and um again thanks for coming on yeah, so the next Crypto Kids camp will be in December. So I, we had a couple, dozen kids try to sign up. Or we're just finishing up the website at the moment. But we'll send you the link once it's uh, completed. Yeah, send me the link and I'll I'll post something on it. Do you know when in December? Uh, I believe it's the 26th. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll okay. keep an eye out for it. Much appreciated. Yeah, of course. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.